Sipping on some 40s, yeah, yeah. Talking about the 40s, oh yeah. It's 40s on 40s, so yeah, oh yeah. Hello everyone and welcome to season three of 40s on 40s. I'm Seth. I'm Josh. And today we are going to count down more hot 40s hits from the Billboard Hot 100. So uh, without further ado, let's crack these bad boys open. Josh, uh, what do we got here today? Today we have... Longboard Island Lager. Fantastic. Um, now, I've actually had this beer before. Josh, you said you never have. No. Um, it's pretty tasty. I had it for the first time in college. Hilariously, I think, from one of my roommates, or well, he wasn't a roommate, but he was a friend of mine who was actually Hawaiian, um, which I believe is where this beer is made. So, there you go. It's a nice uh, 50s color newspaper print style uh what is that called um the label yeah 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 the label i like it on the side it says fresh responsible always aloha (laughs) (laughs) i like that um so yeah if you wouldn't mind uh doing me a saw and cracking that open for me pop you open oh thanks thanks daddy (laughs) (laughs) you know uh, well okay i'm not i'm gonna get into that after we take our first (laughs) drink so cheers buddy (laughs) yes it's it's tasty right liquid happiness i know it's so good um, what I was going to say is I was watching a video essay today about, um, how the vitriol that Stephanie Myers, who is the author of Twilight, the, the amount of aggression and backlash that she got wasn't exactly super deserved of her, uh, because there were other series, Cough, Fifty Shades of Grey, Cough, that were much worse. So I was reminded of fan fiction because, you know, that's what Fifty Shades is, which reminded oh, okay. me of... That that was where my brain was going with I that. I got you. Yeah. So some people were mad at Stephanie Meyer, Myers for the the t- kind of relationship. Yeah, and they were just like, oh, it's really problematic, and like you know, this isn't the the kind of thing that young girls should be reading and be you know pining towards and after, which is true because it's you know the relationship in that novel is very problematic, but. Um, the fact that Fifty Shades is essentially a Twilight fan fiction that became an original novel series and then got published and now is equally as big as Twilight right. um, is also sort of an issue <laughs> that was brought up. Um, well, so. see, I've never, I've never read or seen either of those, mm-hmm. but there's a part of me that feels like it should be more up to the the person to discover and decide things for themselves. Yeah, like people can write whatever they want and mm-hmm. you know it's up to the to the person what they feel and think and take from whatever they experience sure yeah i agree and i think that everyone's <clears throat> i mean you know if it's a bad if it's a bad book with bad examples of relationships i think that you can learn from that you know if you have a discussion with somebody and you're like hey that relationship seems kind of fucked up and they're like yeah totally and then you can like right. be like i don't ever want to be in that kind of a relationship and you're like yep that's for sure and then you yeah. keep drinking heavily um <laughs> <laughs> which obviously is what you're doing when you're reading twilight um <clears throat> but yeah um you know, this I, I, this brings me to a something I've been thinking about okay. the past year is um, I'm in a band, we re-released an album, right? And mm-hmm. it kind of took a little while to put it all together and smooth it over and all this stuff. So it gave it gave me time to sort of reflect, and I was changing as everyone does as they grow older. Yeah. So pretty soon after the release, I sort of looked back at certain lyrics and <laughs> yeah part of me is like did I, did I talk to you about this before very briefly, briefly. but not really but yeah. there, there's certain lines where I feel like you know I feel like I'm it's sort of promoting or it's a little more there's certain negative thoughts or emotions or outlooks that I sort of wouldn't have wanted to put out there right and because I'm trying not to... I don't want to go into the details of, of the lyrics, but... Sure, yeah. But it's like... I was going back and forth with it in my mind of, like... Like, gummo. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's like... I feel like art can't... It, it's okay for art to be, like, have these really negative, in my opinion, bad things in them. Yeah. And, like, 
it can be equally useful um, or enjoyable or enlightening or cathartic. But uh, so that was that was my way of trying to tell myself like, no, it's okay. Like, you don't always have to believe what you're saying or expressing in a song. You don't always have to believe that that's like morally or like politically correct like sure it's okay like you can you can play like a bad guy or be in like a bad space sometimes yeah i mean we've talked about death grips many times on the show as an example of that um one of my favorite bands ever is the blood brothers and they go all kinds of crazy on their lyrics and on just the kind of music they make um and i think that i think that because music you it is sort of like you can create a persona for yourself, not that not that they did necessarily, but I think that you can inhabit those different roles within the the confines of of a musical, you know, lyric or a, a genre, right. and you can really explore those themes in sort of like a safe space, um, like you can explore like violence or anger or negative feelings through song. So that way you don't have to... You know, they could be sort of a way for you to channel those negative aggressions. Right. Um, which, I mean, I know for a lot of, you know, punk and metal fans, myself included, I think that that's a very cathartic way of dealing with a lot of that kind of thing. Um, right. So, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that... Yeah, I don't think that saying negative things in a song is bad at all. I think that saying negative things in a song can actually be pretty helpful... Um, although I do get where you're coming from if you're like oh yeah I wrote this song lyric a while ago and you're like yeah maybe this isn't how I feel now or maybe I could have written that better or more articulated yeah so I feel that well anyway um, let's crack into these uh, let's crack into these top 40 songs shall we see what kind of songwriting they got going probably about about uh, cars and Throwing money on hookers, no doubt. <laughs> um, so, this is actually kind of a uh, kind of fun. It's the very top of season three, and the number one song has been changed. Huh. We have a new number one. Uh, Perfect is now in the number two slot. So, number one is a new Drake song. He came out with a new track. Oh, okay. It's called God's Plan. Um, apparently there's a music video that goes with it that I haven't seen yet. Um, but we're not talking about music videos on this podcast. We're talking about songs. So let's, uh, listen to this song and see what Drake has for us. Might go down to G-O-D. Yeah, wait. I go hard on Southside G. Yeah, wait. I make sure that Northside E. And still. Bad things. It's a lot of bad things that they wish and wish and wish and wish and they wish and on me. Bad things. It's a lot of bad things that they wish and wish and wish and wish and they wish and on me. Yeah. Hey, hey. So there you go. Looks like Drake is back. He's back. He's doing his thing. Um. Yo, I really like that song. I I thought it was chill, man. One thing that that was my initial thought on it is I remember in our top bottom five last episode, uh, the reason why neither of us really liked Gummo all that much by Six Nine was because the 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 beat was basically the same through the entire song. Um, however, the beat was also the the same on this entire song, and yet it didn't bother me as much. Um, and I think that part of it was because, you know, the production was kind of cool and, and it had this, you know, dreamy effect on it. But what it also did is it like, it would insert like other instruments that would come in and would drop out. Um, and it kind of, it kind of made it a little more unexpected as far as what the song was going to do. Cause there's that part at the beginning of the second verse where the beat just drops out and Drake is just going acapella for a little bit yeah and that was really cool and i feel like it's little things like that that kind of held my interest um i feel like the lyrics were pretty much your run-of-the-mill drake lyrics basically started from the bottom now we're here version 20 (laughs) (laughs) um but um i don't know i feel like this was a chill like driving around at night kind of song so how i felt about it 
Yeah, I would agree. It's the repetitiveness bothered me less on this compared to Gummo, but but I think that there there was enough variety in terms of the tone of the drums would change or the drums mm-hmm. would come in and out. The the really low frequency bass would come in and out. Right. There's enough variety to where if you dug the overall if you dug the main excuse me, if you dug the main vibe, mm-hmm. you would like the song. But I didn't dig the main vibe. The the um You you didn't dig it? No, the the main dreamy like I don't even know what instrument that is, but I'm just I'm thinking of some like a carousel for some reason. Yeah, like I can see that carousel synth like that came in and instantly I was like, eh. <laughs> really? And I had no I, I was like this might just be an intro, but it turned out to be the crux of the song. Mm-hmm. So I was like, eh. my over and so it just I don't know why I didn't I didn't feel much with or for it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really like it. I didn't feel peaceful or calm and, like, chilled out in a cool way. Mm-hmm. It just sounded like this... Okay, I think part of it is that... The, part of it is not just that instrument, but part of it is that his vocals come in, and they have this very lazy, apathetic feel. Yeah. And they're kind of under mm-hmm. the mix. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, that, that main... That main sample that kept looping, or that main part that kept looping, I I, I didn't really feel anything for it. I didn't like it. Okay. And then his vocals come in and made it worse. (laughs) Okay. And I was like, I was like, okay, we got this under the mix, lazy, apathetic Drake doing his thing. Mm -hmm. And then when everything cut out and he acapella sung that line, it made me chuckle and I liked the melody and he sounded a little bit more impassioned. Yeah. And it was clever and funny. I only love my bed and my mama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, ah, and I just, my spirit lifted and I was like, this could be a turning point because I really liked that. And then the vocal melody sort of ascended and changed and he sounded a little more into it and Mm -hmm. I I started to almost get into it and then it just went back down to the, the, and I was just like, it lost me again. Right. So... Overall, I was pretty neutral. I didn't dislike the song, but I didn't like it. Okay. Um, I looked at the lyrics, and they're very disjointed, which isn't bad, necessarily. But, like, the lines don't really necessarily follow each other. Yeah. They're just sort of like these, like, like, like these little euphemism, not a euphemism, but there's, like, these little, like, thought nuggets that are just, like, <laughs> placed one after the other. And, like, that can be, that can be cool, and I think that can work. But for this one, I think it didn't work. Right. And none of the lines were that interesting to me to where to where I'd be like, oh, that was really awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, I think on so. that note, I will say that there's... I think there's a point sometimes when you're in a song and you say, like, a throwaway line about, like, you know, I used to ball on this street, and then you move on to another subject, and it leaves kind of that idea in the listener's head of, like, oh, I wonder what, I wonder what he did to to ball on that street when he was a kid but I think there were too many of those in succession and so I think that it just kind of it sounded more disjointed than it did reminiscent because like it sounded like he was just throwing out street names as opposed to like actually being like here's an individual experience that I had it was more of just like oh here's this thing and this thing and this thing so it kind of didn't it didn't uh it didn't have a, a chance for it to sink in as deep um I will agree too that I think that I think that this is like I don't know. I think that there was something about the beat where like it 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 was zoned out and I, I actually did like the I did like the main beat, but it didn't really seem like it had like a it didn't really seem like it had like a rise and a fall to the to the overall, you know, emotional map of the song. It kind of just right. stayed in the same place the whole time. Uh, and I think that when he did go up to that higher octave, like you, I was like, oh, maybe this is going to be like, maybe the rest of it's going to be higher and more like impassioned. And then it just kind of went back to (laughs) doing the other thing. Um, so so I I agree with you on that. I think that it definitely, I I felt like it it could have gone maybe somewhere a little bit more engaging. Um, but it did kind of, it did kind of like play it safe and kind of stuck in that, in that vibe. Um, I think um, I think he's produced so much work. Um, mm-hmm. Not him. It's funny because this is gonna be a little side note. Is sometimes I'll say things like giving a lot of credit to an artist, but I just want to remind everyone that if I give credit to Kanye or to Drake or 
many other artists, they're not doing all of this themselves. Like, right. they are working with a huge ensemble of great writers and great producers and great musicians. Yeah. Like, the greatness and beauty of a lot of these artists is a collection of talented people working together. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, like, all the credit should not be given to just these one person. Right. But anyway, um... There's certain tracks by Drake that I think are, like, really great, and I like him a lot. And I understand why his vibe resonates with a lot of people. Yeah. But my opinion for this song would be he's reached such a stature that it's like, oh, Drake released something, it goes to number one, <laughs> without really earning it. It's like, almost... I, it's I don't of... understand. I'm actually kind of shocked that this would be a number one song. Right. I think it's kind of like Beyonce, you know, because she'll release something and, like, everyone will flip out. Um, regardless of its quality. I think that there were definitely many Beyonce songs that have come out recently that have been quality, but I think there's a couple others where I'm like, nah, I don't really know. Yeah. I think that my aggregator for it is I try to think of some songs as being like, what if a completely unknown artist had made this song? Yeah. Like, would it have charted as well and would it have done as well? And I, yeah, and I, I think I agree with you where like, if this wasn't a Drake song, I don't know if it would be number one. Yeah, I don't... I wouldn't think so. This almost sounds like a song that somebody like, you know, like 21 Savage or Miguel or Khalid or any one of those kind of like, you know, 10 10 to 30 ranked people could do, and I would probably wouldn't know the difference. Right. (laughs) Um... But to be fair, like, you know, we just, I just miss things. Like, there's certain mm-hmm. artists that are so huge, and mm-hmm. I, just, I just don't get it. Like, sure. Ed Sheeran is one. Like, I, I just never understood why he's, like, I, he's, I'm not saying he's not good, he's not talented or not, like, he's a skilled dude, and, like, he has, there's cool things about him. Yeah. But he's literally, like, was the number one artist in the world. Like, that's how yeah. big he was. So when I found out how, like, big he actually was, I was like, what? Yeah. Like, I thought he's just, like, another run-of-the-mill, like, pop mainstream dude. Like, right. I was shocked he was number one. Like, Yeah. Well, sometimes, you know, you have that perfect combination of uh, accessibility, appeal, and uh, marketability, and you can just cash in on that. You know, and I think that's probably was a, was in Ed Sheeran's favor. Um, you know, props to the guy. He knows how to he knows how to work the system and make it work for him. You know, I'm not gonna not gonna criticize him on that. I personally think his music's kind of boring, but you know, it's yeah. it's music that a lot of people could listen to, and you know, apparently a lot of people seem to think positively of it. So, you yeah. know, who's to who's to say what well, my opinion really matters in the long run anyway? <laughs> It's just, like, our opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's, like, a unison. Like, multiple dudes at the bowling alley. You know, that's just, like, uh, your opinion, man. Hey, that's my opinion. No, that's my opinion. Recently saw it on the big screen. Phenomenal. Really? Oh, shit. I've been wanting to plan a let's get drunk on white Russians and then go bowling night. Oh, fuck yeah. And I haven't done it yet, but I want to do it. Yo, how was that dream sequence on the big screen, though? It was awesome. I mean, the whole thing was awesome, dude. It That's was awesome. So funny and so magical. I mean, I love going to the theaters in general. I'm one of those people. Yeah, like, yeah. Like for me, like watching a movie in the theater is like so much more enjoyable to me than like being at home. Um, but, you know, yeah. the the one line that I remember from that, which I'm definitely gonna replace. Well, just insert the clip here. The word itself makes some men uncomfortable. Vagina. Vagina. It's like when she first meets him and yeah. he's like, Well, okay there. Okay there, dude. It's just that movie was like perfectly cast. Yeah. Like Oh my god. It's so funny. What's man. the name of the what's the name of the guy who's the dude? Uh it's uh Jeff. Oh, Jeff Bridges? Jeff Bridges, yeah. Dude, I would always mix up Jeff Bridges and Kurt Russell for the longest time. Yeah, they sort of similar <laughs> facial structure. Similar face yeah. and similar hair for most of their careers. Yeah. Like, yeah. when I when when Kurt Russell was in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I was like, hey, Jeff Bridges, wait, that's not Jeff Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Um, well, cool. Well, I think we've said all we need to about this song. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was it was aight, you know. Yeah, it was aight. I wasn't like mad at it, but I was uh, you know, got it, did the thing, dipped. <laughs> you know. So it was a song, it happened. Uh number two, like we say, is perfect by Ed Sheeran. Number three is finesse. Uh, four is Havana, and number five is also a new song. Oh, Look at that. This is fun. This is fun. It's like a whole <laughs> new world, man. Um, <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, it's called Look Alive uh, by somebody named Blockboy JB. Oh. Feature, uh, fuck. It's number five because it has Drake on it. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever heard of Blockboy JB? I wonder if he's the, um, I wonder if he's the, the producer. Hmm. I don't know. Could be like a like a Bruno Mars and uh, that guy that wrote Uptown Funk. Oh, the guy I met. Yeah, uh, your best friend. I forgot his name. Know his name. I don't remember. Oh well. Anyway, um, yeah. Let's see what. <laughs> sorry. Let's see what Block Boy has to bring to the party. Nine on one, Shelby Drive. Look alive, look alive. Niggas came up on this side. Now they on the other side. Oh well, fuck them, dog. We gon' see how hard. I feel like I just like I feel like I just woke up from a nap. Yeah, and then I, I feel very similar. <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh wait, yeah. there's Drake's song on. Let's yeah. listen to it." Yeah. Um, man, that song was a fucking snooze fest, bro. <laughs> yeah, I am glad you felt the same. I literally, yeah. my mind, like midway through, I just like started zoning. <laughs> I was like in deep, deep, deep daydream. Land. <laughs> yeah, me too. I was like, oh man, I wonder, uh, wonder if I'll have enough time to make some cookies when I get back home tonight. Yes. <laughs> Just so, yeah, I was like so interested. Yeah. Dude, like, oh man, this makes that other Drake song look real good though. Yeah, well, okay, the thing is. <laughs> I mean, this wasn't. The it, beat, it, like, okay, the, the, the bass and the piano and the drum, like, vibe. I kind of liked at first. Uh-huh. I liked. Right, right. And then his vocals came in, and then, like, 30, 45 seconds in, I just started, like, snoozing and daydreaming. Like, it just, yeah. I don't know why it lost my attention. Yeah. But it just did. You know, I I mean, when, when I first heard this beat, I was like, okay, this is fine. Maybe it'll do something different. And then it didn't, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, like, I feel like everything that you had an issue with on the last song that Drake was on, I had an issue with on this song that Drake was on. Yeah. Because to me, this beat felt way uninteresting. Um, also, can we talk about just how the lines were just, like, very lame and, like, not interesting? Yeah. It was like, so what you're telling me, Drake, is your boys came up from this side, but now they're on the other side. Yeah. Like, what does that even mean? Does it mean, they're like... They're surrounded, yes. But does it mean... I don't know. <laughs> does it mean, like, that they, like, grew up in the south side, now they're on the north side? Does it mean that their car is surrounded by thugs? Does it mean uh, that, uh... Or just people who want to race? Or people who want to drag race, you know? Drag racing's a no big idea. Thing. And then, like, I love how he's, like... <laughs> I love how his brag is like, yeah, I got some racks to throw outside, but don't worry, I'll split it with the guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, what a nice, what a nice fella. Thanks, Drake, for giving right. for giving us guys some of those racks you got. That's yeah. so nice of you. Um, God, I just, yeah, I don't know. Also, not to not to badmouth on Blockboy JB over there, but man, dude was not on time at all with his flow. It was very, very off tempo. He was like rushing a lot. I don't think he was ever dragging. I feel like the coach from Whiplash. Were you rushing or were you dragging? Um, yeah. But just the dude wasn't on time and it just really distracted me. I don't know. Is it so much to ask in this day and age to be able to put your rapper's flow on like a on like a, a rhythmic beat? 
and have it be in time. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's really something that's easy to do with all the technology that, that is available to producers. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I really don't have a lot more to say about this song, honestly. I don't. If I ever be, com- be completely honest, I was totally just fantasizing and daydreaming about Is This It by The Strokes. <laughs> Dude, I was I was just listening to a Strokes album today. Yeah. I was, li- like, I was listening to 1251. Or no, Room on Fire, Room my fire. bad. Yeah, yeah I... My personal favorite is Is This It, the first one, and yeah. it's just, I could write a really long, great essay <laughs> on why... On why this is it, is like the best album of all time. Why it's just such a beautiful record, mm-hmm. and it's like, I just, I'm gonna have to listen to it really soon, because it's, I mean, like, it's so good. It's funny, because like... So that's that's exactly how I feel about Room on Fire. Like that's probably one of my favorite like rock albums. Period. Um, I don't. There. I feel like each of those albums has such a, a distinct vibe about them too, mm-hmm. and they're vibes that are different from each other, but they're both very like special. Yeah, I know? think the I like Room on Fire a lot too. I think. I pretty much like their records in order of which they were released. Oh yeah. Um, so like, um, what's the, what's yeah. the one with Juicebox on it? That's First Impressions of Earth. That's right. The third one. Right. And that's your third favorite. That's my third favorite. And then I like Angle. I don't know about Angles versus uh, the last one. I forgot the name. Oh it yeah. Has yeah. one way trigger on it. I think Angles is better than the than the newest one, honestly. I think it might be too, yeah. Like I think it edges it out a little bit. So then yeah, then I like them in the order they were released. That's funny. I think um, I like them in rever- in like with one and two reversed. Like I think Room on Fires is a little bit more mm-hmm. a favorite of mine, and then This Is It is second. Like, can we, we just we can be- cut this later? But I just want to talk. It's like, can we just be a Strokes review channel? <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. What I love is that they they didn't go overkill with anything. They were like very strict about. Literally every song is just gonna have two guitar parts, bass, and drums, and we'll mm. we'll, we'll limit ourselves in that way without any, right. without any overdubbing or extra parts. Yeah. So there's a limit, and we'll just create something beautiful out of this like very straightforward, you know, rock band thing. Yeah. But the like musically, it did it. It's like they do things that rock bands hadn't really never done before. Mm-hmm. Um. Without getting the details of what, um, like, because that's not as important as like them breaking ground isn't as important to me as like I feel like they were super specific with the tones of every single part. Totally, totally. So like, not only is the composition like each, the composition is really beautiful and very emotional, and it has just amount, just the right amount of like left turns and then coming back to something familiar like mm-hmm. it's just a perfect blend of that and the composition and music is beautiful but they were very like they got the tones just right too like they picked out just the right tones for it yeah and then Julian's vocals are like really sincere sounding and mm-hmm. like every single song there's at least a handful of lines that are like emotionally hit me or they're just really thought provoking yeah it's just like that record is I, it deserves all the props that it gets, in my opinion. Totally. And I honestly feel bad. Like, I honestly feel bad for certain people that diss the Strokes or are snobby about them. Like, oh, they influence so many wannabe bands, like, try to sound like them, and they're not even that good. Like, I've heard, like, certain people, like, diss on them, and I'm like, I just feel bad that they can't appreciate <laughs> the beauty of it, in my opinion. I totally agree. Like, at, le- at least that first record, like... The second one is really good, I think, and then they kind of, there's like peaks and valleys, but right. that first record, it's just like, in my opinion, it's one of those moments where it's just like, just luck and fate and circumstance, like yeah. things just work together and just a beautiful thing ended up being created, so yeah. just appreciate it. Well, let me talk to you about the second album real quick. Um, I need my monologue time in here, too. Um... Uh, so, I listened to Room on Fire when I was in high school, and uh, I first listened to a couple of the tracks from it from uh, one of my sister's mixtapes that we had in our in our old 1990 Volkswagen Golf that didn't have a CD player, but it had a tape player. 
So her then boyfriend at the time made her like some mixtapes and it had a couple of Room on Fire songs from it. And I just remember being like, I know this is the Strokes because it sounds like the dude that did last night. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I just remember, I remember that moment when I would listen to them on tape and be like, this sounds like so much, like it, it sounds like, like the, the songwriting is so sharp on it yeah. that like it just like and it's it's super sharp and it's super like efficient because like you said like there's no overdubbing it's literally just guitar bass vocals drums that's it yeah and um what was funny is when i listened to it on tape i'm like it almost sounds like the way that julia the the way that julian's voice is mixed on that record it has a little bit of that fizzle on it like it's it's mixed with a little teeny bit of distortion on his voice so it sounds a little bit like more weathered and when I listen to it on tape, I'm like, oh, that's cool, because it makes it sound kind of, like, older, and, like, yeah. it feels lived in. But then I listen to it on CD, I'm like, yo, this sounds exactly the same as the tape. Yeah. Like, it still sounds, like, kind of... It almost sounds lo-fi, the way that his vocals are recorded, but it's so unique. And, like, again, like you say, it's it's songwriting that's really... That's super, like, super sharp and, and good, but it's also... Um, just the the simplicity of it that's so brilliant um and a lot of the songs on um on both records are not very complicated songs like they're all pretty much pretty straightforward but the details in them and like i don't know like they sound very simple but then like all of these details like will come out later to you and you can like you can like whenever you listen to either one of those for me it's room on fire but whenever you listen to either one of those records you can like latch onto a certain instrument and you could just write it out for like a whole song yeah and it's still really interesting to listen to yeah um everything's working together yeah and and part of that part of that is because julian composed most of the music if not exclusively all of it by himself oh okay um with the help of like hearing it and working it out with the band but i'm not saying you like people can collaborate and make beautiful music but I think it helps a little bit, like, and unless you have a really good collaborative group of people, yeah. Sometimes it helps when there's like one person sort of spearheading everything because they understand every single part and how they work together. Right. So there's no there's no space for certain people to be like, well, I want to show off this or do this. Like sometimes musicians they they lose sight of the big picture. Yeah. And it's like collaborations, in my opinion, they only work when everyone understands the big picture. Yeah. And everyone knows what everyone else is doing precisely. Like, it's really important for everyone to know exactly what everyone else is doing and see the big picture. So. Right. So that it, it's not just because it was by himself, but because he was doing this a lot by himself, like he had this bigger picture in mind. And, and it's, it's almost a clearer picture because it yeah. came from one guy. So, like, he's like, okay, this is my picture, and I'm going to share it with you guys, and you guys, like, execute it. Right. So, that makes sense. Um, but, yeah, not, not to keep going, but one one last thing is yeah. that record, Room on Fire, that is also what got me into them. Okay. I, I heard Is This It when I was, like, 11 or 12. Oh, awesome. And I was too young to get it. Like, right. I was too young, I think, to understand the certain emotions or the or the ideas. Mm-hmm. And my musical tastes were less open, so I kind of dismissed it. Okay. And then when I was, like, 17, I heard Room on Fire. Yeah. And I was like, well, this is really cool. Yeah. And then I revisited it. I revisited it, Is This It because of that. Yeah. And then my like my life just changed. That's awesome. After that. Yeah. Yeah. I think Room on Fire was definitely the first Strokes album that got me into the Strokes. And then I, like like you, I, I went back and listened to Is This It and was like, wow, this album's also phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, because, again, like... It was so weird being so into those albums at a time when the the Strokes' main point of relevancy was releasing Juicebox, um, which was on uh, First Impressions of Earth, which, like, that album's fine, but it's not anywhere near the, the specialness that those first two albums captured. Yeah. It has moments of brilliance on it, and it has songs on, on there that I love and adore, and I will definitely listen to to this day. But as, like, completed works, I think that the first two albums hold up a lot better. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I agree. That being said, Heart in a Cage, really good song. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great song. I Um, like that one. 
I really, really like Eyes of the World. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, I, too. I love that, re- that mm-hmm. song from that record. Honestly, those two and Juicebox, and I think there's one more. You Only Live Once. Yeah, You Only Live Once is really good. That, um, that was one of the singles. I thought that was actually a, a good song, though. Really yeah, good. yeah. Really good track. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's full of good songs. I just think that as a cohesive unit, it wasn't quite as strong. Yeah, no, there is. Yeah, there like there's some songs in there that I think are not very good. <laughs> For sure. But. I mean, and it's songs that I'm not remembering right now because yeah. my brain was obviously like, well, I only have enough room for these ones, so I'm going to remember these and not the rest. But anyway, um, that's our Strokes rant. Yeah. Ho- hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Quite a bit. Yeah, no, I'm going to listen to Is This It when I, yeah. Hell yeah. So. Fuck yeah. Well, uh, let's move on to the next track here. Um, let's see. So that was... Um, Look Alive. That was Look Alive, which, trust me, it, it didn't. Sorry. Um, not that, to make that joke. <laughs> potentially going to be on the bottom five. I don't think Maybe. It's, I don't think it's going to be bottom five. Maybe I just not. think it was very boring. Yeah. Um, I, I think that, in my eyes, boring is usually not enough to get you on the bottom five. Unless right. if it's, like, unless if it's, like, Offensively boring, right? Kind of like that Russell Dickerson song, yeah. But anyway, um, so let's see here. Now the real, now the real question is: We've been th- gone through the top five, so do we do the extra or do we save it? We just go. We only say one more of the extra that we've done. Uh, well, as in like, as in like, once we're done with the top five, do I do number seven? and then do the rest of them yes. or do I okay yeah. Yeah. always always do that one <laughs> yeah okay tight so uh number 17 is uh bad at love by Halsey oh, which yeah. if I was that number 17 when we did it last time I don't remember shit well anyway good to see you Halsey glad that you're not off the charts yet um so with that our next song is number nine which is pray for me aka the weekend with Kendrick Lamar okay Interested to see how this is going to turn out. Not really sure what to expect, but uh, that's the fun. So let's get into it. Tell me who's going to save me from myself when this life is all I know. Tell me who's going to save me from this hell. Without you, I'm not Who going to pray for me? Fight the world, I fight you, I fight myself. Well, it I looks like this is the night of uh, <laughs> this is the night of driving around at night music. Yeah, clearly, definitely. definitely. Um, did you see Black Panther? I did see Black Panther. Did you see Black Panther? I saw Black Panther. <laughs> Good. Um, um, that shoot was tight. Yeah, because this is from the soundtrack. You said right. It is from the soundtrack. Right. It's the last track on the soundtrack. In fact, it um, sounded familiar. Yeah, I did. Um, I really liked it. I liked it a lot, actually. Um, I think The Weeknd was, like, the perfect choice of singer to tap for this song. Mm-hmm. Like, he, his voice ha- already has kind of that, like, moody, <laughs> almost kind of like a goth club vibe. Yeah. And, like, it totally fit in well with this song, I thought. Um, I even thought the, the lyrical uh, content went a lot better in sync with itself on this one um the other song we reviewed that was also on the black panther album was all the stars which had SZA and kendrick lamar but i feel like this song was a little bit more of a like concentrated effort lyric wise yeah it it was a little more um cohesive i guess lyrically (laughs) yeah for sure but yeah i like SZA more though I like her vocals more than this. Oh, I completely agree, but I think that overall this song was a little bit stronger. Um, I mean, I think it's my favorite song of the night so far. Um, although, actually, I don't know. I guess I'll have to think about that. That's a bold statement to make. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think the beat was was fun on this one. It was nice and dramatic, and it built up well. Um I feel like this is kind of what I was hoping the Drake song was going to do. Because it had it actually 
I, I feel like the beat actually had like a build and it had like a cool outro thing that I was totally down with. Um, some of the percussion actually sounded like it could have been kind of like African themed, maybe some hand drums in there. Um, very, very light in the back. I think Kendrick's flow in this one was also pretty strong. It felt very, very impassioned. And yeah, man. Overall, pretty solid, I thought. Yeah, I immediately liked the, the vibe. I liked the percussive and the, and the music and the um, chordal or melody structure. Like, I just liked it immediately. I, I started bobbing my head immediately. Um, I liked the... There was a melody... More more or less like a rhythmic aspect of the song, but they were like played on these like percussive sounding instruments, so it was almost like a like a a, a pitch specific tom. Right. And like yeah. so I really just liked that a lot. And um yeah, I mean the the chord structure was kinda it was like simple but it was cool and more importantly just the rhythmic aspect was got me wanting to dance and bow my head. Yeah. And, like, The weekend, his vocals are... I like his voice, and they were pretty cool. I felt like the lyrics were kind of ambiguous and whatever and blah, in my <laughs> opinion, that he was singing. Um, Kendrick came in with his, his uh, verse, and it was pointing out these problems and these tragedies, which was good, mm -hmm. but it was like, it wasn't focusing or honing in on anyone specifically, and it was also a little vague and ambiguous. I think that's because they were doing it for like a movie soundtrack, though, right. so I think they were probably trying to keep it a little ambiguous. Right. So, hashtag like, corporate. You're right. <laughs> it's like, overall, I feel like the lyrics were too vague, too ambiguous, too... Like, whatever, in my opinion. I felt like the, the music and the melody and, like... I felt like the lyrics were the weaker part, in my opinion, of the song. Sure, yeah. Less interesting or evocative. Yeah. But even still, they were at least somewhat cohesive. Yeah. Talking about these problems and well, these struggles and wanting, you know... Well, because I felt like it was almost like the tr talking about the struggles of T'Challa in the movie of, like... You know, he has to, like, rule, but there's all this bloodshed, and he doesn't want it, and, like, he feels right. like he's alone. So I kind of, I kind of, uh, felt that a little bit. Like, I felt like it yeah. was coming from the, from the POV of Black yeah. Panther. So I think that made me like it a little more. Right. And then I think Kendrick was probably, like, almost gonna try to get specific and, like, real about it. Right. But he couldn't too much, because it's supposed to be a movie soundtrack, so. Yeah, 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 exactly. But overall, I mean, I enjoy this more than the other two, for sure. Yeah, totally. I I think so, too. Um, again, it's a very chill night, so it's kind of hard to, like... Yeah. It's hard to point to one song and be like, that's a banger. But, like, this was definitely a solid track. Um, yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed I'm, it more than the others, but not as much as Is This It? shows. <laughs> Not as much as what? <laughs> as is this it, but, <laughs> but it was good, though. It was all right. It, was all it right. ain't no strokes, but it'll do. Josh Rossi, 2018. Well, um, yeah. It ain't no is this it record. <laughs> it's, that's it's for good. sure. This ain't your daddy's stroke record. That yeah. sounds like not how I meant it to sound. Um, <laughs> or did you mean? <laughs> listen, whatever your daddy's stroke record is, you know, I don't, I don't need to know. That could be between you and your daddy. That's fine. All right, we're gonna get, we're gonna go to a certain place that you might not feel comfortable going to. Are we going there right now? Where we, where are we going, Josh? Have you ever had uh, relations with music playing? Relations with music play. Do you mean like was I bang while music was playing? Was I was I banging somebody while I was playing music, or was I? No, oh, you you mean like listening, you, not playing? You can't play music and you I can, mean, you can, I you guess, can. It's hard, but you can. Um, oh, you mean like you mean like? Do I associate a certain? Uh, have you got ever put it. music on? Got it. We're on the same. <laughs> we're on the same page. Did now. I say that that weird? No, I'm just. I just. I maybe just I did. <laughs> assumed the. I just assumed the weirdest because we're friends and that's what friends do. Um, I think. Um, let's see. 
Well, there's actually a couple of specific ones. Um, one that actually used to be one was uh, Deja Intendu by Brand New, which I know is kind of a weird pick. But it's like <laughs> okay. if you put if you put it on the background kind of low, it has enough it has enough high it has enough highs and enough lows to really work out. It actually it didn't start until there was one girl that I um, saw briefly in college, and she put it on, and I was like, oh, this is like surprisingly like a good song, a good album to make out to. Um, and ever since then, I was like, yeah, sure, totally. Um, one album, though, that's definitely not what you'd think, but it's totally a baby-making album, is uh, Fever to Tell by Yeah Yeah Yeahs. So, I'll count it, count it off. I'll count it off. One, one, two, three, go. Oh, yeah. If you put that song on. I love that record. If you put that album on, record. it's fucking great. And it's oh, it's man. it's just got this, in, in, like, this crazy, like... Sort of weirdly sexual vibe in it. Oh, definitely. You know, she they were very aware of how yeah. sexual some of her sounds were. <laughs> I mean, Karen O is, um, but uh, uh, there's so many great tracks. That's another one. Like, yeah. if we're talking like early 2000s rock vein, oh, that's that that whole album's a banger, like, dude. That I love that. Right? I'm gonna listen to Is This It and Fever to Tell. Yeah, um, what was that? Um, what's that second track? I don't remember the order. It's, it's 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 something with the night. Um, Date with the night. Yeah, 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 dude. <laughs> Where she starts fucking like screaming and like the hits are happening. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck? I don't even know what's going on, but this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it is. It's a great. Record, oh, it's yeah. so good. And that again, that's only three people making all that noise. Like, yeah. what the fuck, dude? Um, yeah, just great, great band, great album. That's, Definitely. that's another band Another band where I feel like their f- debut is the best Oh, for sure Like, it, it doesn't always happen But those are two bands where I feel like it happened Yeah, I mean, Gold Lion was a Or, not Gold Lion um, Oh, shit, what was that called? The album After Fever Tell Yeah, I forgot the name of it But that album was also really good Gold something, I think Was it Gold Lion? Gold Lion's the first track on the album Man, that's gonna bug me but, uh, no, I can't, uh, I asked, I don't remember what made me ask, but something reminded me or made me think to ask that, and then I was, like, also thinking it'd be interesting to ask because I've, like, never really done that. I've never purposefully put on music. Really? During, like, yeah, I've never purposefully put on music for that kind of situation. Josh Rossi, I am surprised. Yeah, no, I mean, and it's... Part of me feels like if music were playing, I would be sort of distracted. Really? Part of me feels that way. Interesting. Or, yeah, like I'd be like focusing or thinking about the music, or I would just be like, this isn't fitting, or I don't know. Well, or I wouldn't want to like have to like always think of like those relational times when I'm trying to listen to it non doing that you wouldn't want to associate like a, a song with a, with like a particular person if you like were broken up with them later kind of thing or even just sexual like I wouldn't want sexual ideas in my head right just like just because well it's not like I put on fever to tell and I'm immediately like yes I need to bang right now yeah. it's happening yeah. like you know I think that I think that if you if it's if it's done in the right setting I totally get what you're saying though yeah. but I think if it's done in the right setting I think that's that music can enhance the mood that's you know? yeah exactly like I understand why it could be really awesome yeah so maybe it would be, but I've never tried it. For but- me, uh, I actually am remembering Fever to Tell is one. Another one is actually The Color and the Shape by Foo Fighters. Mm. That's another great one because, again, it has enough enough highs and lows in it. Um, but it's just a really solid rock album, and I don't know why, but solid rock albums are just great for, great for getting down. I feel like... I feel like it just might be too much stimulation for me. Like, like I might, it's like, like I said, I might just be distracted and start thinking of the music. Like, I I might not be able to hold both things together. I might just be like, one of the others distracting the other one. (laughs) I don't know. 
because you're too pure for us, Josh. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. No. You're just like, I gotta listen to my art, goddammit. No, it's like my brain can't compute two things at once, that's all. That's funny. That either means you put a lot of effort into your into your sex, or you put a lot of effort into your music listening, or both. <laughs> and I don't know. Maybe it's both, and they just compete with each other, so it doesn't work. That's really funny, though. Um, I know a couple people like that, though, where they're like, I don't want to listen to music because, like, also see it with something different, I'll get distracted, or, like... It, it's like, uh, maybe it's just, like, too many flavors at once. Mm. Like, my brain just can't compute it together. It's yeah. Like, the, the only thing I can con- compare it to is, like, in history class, when we would have tests... Art in like 11th grade our teacher would put on classical music because she's like this will help you and it like just made it really hard <laughs> well classical music is so involved I could like, never do that I'd be like sitting there like trying to understand the question and like read the answers and like figure out what to do and yeah. I was just like so distracted by the music it just made it harder for me yeah I feel that anyway anyway um that's <laughs> that's an interesting subject though I'll th- I'm definitely going to think more about that. Um, anyway, good track. Let's move on to the next one. See what we got here. Um, so we're on song number four, which I believe is also in... Yeah, this is actually song number ten, and it's the new Migos single. It's called Stir Fry. Cool. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder why it's called Stir Fry. I have no idea. Hopefully honestly. they I honestly have no idea. Hopefully they share their passion of 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 Asian cuisine. That would just be great. No really, what is it though? Um I mean it's probably talking about sex. Probably. You know. They'll find a way. Okay. Alright. Let's check probably, it. Probably, yeah. Probably. Like a stir fry, whip it in the kitchen wrist, just like a stir fry, whip it in the kitchen wrist, just like a stir fry, whip it in the kitchen wrist, just like a stir fry. Well, great going, Migos. You did it. You finally did it. I didn't think anyone was going to be able to pull this off, but you did it. You made Josh tired of the bag. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> God damn it, Migos. Why are you going to talk about the bag so much? Fucking A. Um. Dude, I don't there's know. one funny line. <laughs> there's a, there's several funny lines. I I would argue, but go on. There are, but the one it's like, come on, you gotta laugh. You gotta enjoy it. She got a <coughs> big old onion booty. Make the world cry. <laughs> Make the world cry. The world is crying. It's a beautiful onion booty. Just a beautiful ripe onion booty. <laughs> Make the world cry. <laughs> it's not even make you cry or make your crew cry. The whole world it makes cries. the world weep. <laughs> it's god. weeping for the beauty of onion booty. Oh my god, that rhymed. But yeah, that was that was a nice rhyme, wasn't that? Um, Dude, yeah. I, I I honestly don't know how I feel about this song. I'm completely unsure. I think I'm gonna need some some, the co- problem, some coaxing. Okay, here's my dilemma. Is like, yes. This one made me laugh and kept my intention more yes. than the look alive. I agree. So, do we like it more or less? <laughs> well, that's my that's my problem is that I laughed at the song a fair amount. Yeah, so did I. I so. enjoyed the song for reasons that I'm sure were not uh, intentional, <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, does that make me respect the song more? Absolutely not. Um, I enjoyed it more, though. I enjoyed it more, for (laughs) sure. I mean, fucking, it's just so ridiculous. It's so, so, you can't take it seriously. (laughs) It's amazing. It's glorious. What was this song called? It's called Stir Fry. Stir Fry, How could you forget, Josh? They said it, like, fucking, like, 40 times. times, Oh, my God. Um... 
Dude, every time he was, like, dancing with my dogs in the nighttime, I just imagined some dude, like, taking his dogs outside, being like, all right, boys, let's dance. And then, like, the dogs, like, start doing a jig, and he's like, yeah. And they're all like, woof. I imagine them getting on their high legs, and he's, like, holding their, pa- their front. Yeah, legs. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Me too. That's actually exactly what I pictured. <laughs> It's a dog uh, jamboree. <laughs> it's just... it's just, The world is fucking weird, man. It's a weird place. You got dog jamborees. Like, you like, got, no, you got like, onion booties. <laughs> what we just heard... What we just heard... <laughs> has reaped, like... Millions, probably, of dollars. Like, how is this? Untold millions. Oh, God. It's true, though. It's totally, How totally is, true. Is, I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know, Josh. This song is number 10. What if it's like these people <laughs> produce this song and they have all the, like, connections with label and mark and, like, they have, and radio, like, what if it's just this weird feedback loop where it's, like, no one actually likes the music? <laughs> But they just, like, they need one arm of the production to make the song, and then the mm-hmm. other arm, like, gets money from advertisements, and they just play the song. Yeah. And no one even likes it, but they just, they're able to make money from each other. I don't they, know. They're just taking the song, and they're just fucking jamming it through every fucking crack that yeah. they can to get it played on the radio. And then they're like, oh, hey, it hit number 10, that's cool, whatever. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Yeah, honestly, I don't know how a song like this exists, and I don't know how a song like this is this high up in the charts, honestly. I'm a little startled. I Again, it might be something to do with the fact that it's Migos, and they were huge, but, oh my god, right. dude. <laughs> I know, I was gonna say, like, I could very easily sound like a total asshole. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> but, there's a part of me, a part of me would really want to... Uh, a part of me wants to find people who willingly put this on Spotify. They ser- they they right. actively search this on Spotify to play it. I want to find those people and just ask them. What were you, you thinking? Yeah, how were you feeling, or what were you thinking when you wanted to play this? Right now, was it was it just you really like Migos for other work, and you have this connection right. with him, so you just play it because you like the artist. Now, to, to, like, be, what are you... to be fair, to be fair, Josh, we've been bashing on this song's lyrics a lot, but I will say that I think that the beat was was kind of banging. It, it had a little bit of a something there. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe maybe it's just like, you know, it makes me feel kind of good. It makes me want to dance. Yeah. I think that's literally the only reason, though. It didn't make me feel those things. I mean, right. But, but I could see someone out there being like, you know what? I want to dance to this song, and yeah. then whoever's in the club is like. I mean, it's just okay? all they know. You know, they they don't yeah. have a wide spectrum of music, and and they have, you know, there's right. limited options of what's going to make them feel good or want to dance, and this is one of them. Maybe that's it. I guess so. I mean, the other thing too is that Migos came out with um, that one song whose name I am blanking on right now. It's the one that inspired all the drop top memes. Um, oh my god, the fuck is the name of it? I'm gonna look it up. I I can't let this go. But they they came out with that song, and I think that just based on that song, people are like, oh, because that was their first album. So I'm sure that people now are like, oh, I wonder what their second album's gonna sound like. And this was probably the first single, and they were like, oh shit, let's hear what they have to say. Um, but then you, you know, you get stir fry. Do yeah. we ever establish what wrist flicking like, like stir fry means? No, I don't think anyone knows. Okay. Oh, Bad and Bougie, that's the name of the song. Bad and Bougie was their big breakout hit that got them on the map. Um, cause it sure as hell wasn't Hannah Montana, their single before that. <laughs> wherein I'm gonna play it right now for you listeners it literally is just them saying Hannah Montana over and over and over and over again for like a couple have minutes have you ever seen the Hannah Montana movie? um have you? I regret asking you now <laughs> uh gonna answer on three. One, two, three. Yes. no <laughs> 
That's the perfect way to do that. Wait, how was it? How was it? Was it was it fun? Was it enjoyable? Oh, it was it was hilarious. Really? Yeah, it was hilarious. Well, that's I mean that's cool. I'm into that. At the end, she realizes that she doesn't want to be Hannah. She just wants to be Montana. <laughs> she just wants to be uh, fuck Miley. Okay. She's sick of being this Hollywood fake thing, and she just wants to be Miley. Okay. She wants to be Miley Cyrus. Well, that's cool. I, uh, that sounds like a real a real touching story. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Wait. Okay. Can we talk about this really quick? We. I usually. We usually don't do this on this podcast. But I was trying to look up what the meaning of stir fry was. Okay. So I went to the Wikipedia page, and I'm seeing. What Pitchfork had to say about it. Okay. Normally we don't we don't reference other reviews in this podcast, but I just have to read this because of how different of an opinion they had from us. Okay. And I want to talk about it really uh, quick. I'm going to be surprised. Okay, okay. Pitchfork gave the song positive review. Wait. <laughs> this is okay. this is written. Pitchfork gave the song gave the song positive review say that is how this is written. But... I don't trust this one. I digress. Quote, The song's interlocking polyrhythms, bongos, cricket-like whistles, clicking trap hi-hats, and slowed-down snares sampled from the Mohawk's champ are a beauty to behold. It's a disorienting maze of sounds, a beat that's difficult to wrap your head around, let alone rap over. End quote. Am I crazy? I, um... Can we, can we listen to it, like, 20 seconds of it again? Yeah, uh, wait, we're gonna, we're gonna take a time out. Yeah. We're gonna listen to it again. We're gonna come back. Give us a second here. Okay, so we're back. Um, I mean, the beat is interesting. I think it has some merit to it. I don't think it's hard to rap over. No, it's not. I don't think it's, like, overly complicated. No, it's not. It, I mean, it's not even, like, disorienting. It's, no. It's, uh, not at all. I would say, I mean, the reviewer described it as beautiful and disorienting and something else. Maze-like. Maze-like beauty. It's like... The beat was kind of cool, but it was... And they used the word polyrhythm, and it wasn't even that, like... There wasn't a polyrhythm, not, I don't think. Not that I heard, no, there wasn't... I was like, I was like, I had researched the term again to make sure I knew what it meant, and... Right. From what I read, polyrhythm is more like when you have... Uh, the most simple example would be you have someone playing, like, eighth notes while another thing is playing triplets. Right. So it has this, like, sort of clashy thing going on. Nothing was doing that. There wasn't, like, every single instrument was sticking in divisions of two. I mean, you've got, like, the thing in the background that's like... But but that over, like, it's... Yeah. It's not really a polyrhythm. It's not. It's with... Everything's within division of two. Right. And everything is, like, repeating. Like, there's maybe two or three percussive elements... And they're all doing the same thing every measure. Right. And it's in a very... It's in the most common signature, 4-4. Four, four. Right. So it's like, there's not really a polyrhythm. It's not changing up or disorienting. Yeah. It's just like your kind of standard, kind of interesting 4-4 four, four groove going on. That's what I heard. I mean, have these guys even heard Danny Brown's beats? Because those beats are fucking weird ass. Have they heard the drummer on... It's the most wonderful time of the year. Clearly <laughs> not, because that guy was on fucking something, something else, something not of this earth. Um, you know that Migo should have just hired him to do their polyrhythms. That would have fixed the problem. But yeah, it, yeah, you know. yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, I think that <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe this is me coming off as a crotchety old man, but I don't really see what the hype is for this song. Like, it, there's no hype. Pitchfork is just sometimes reviews or that kind of media. They're just 
They have to give it a positive review for a variety of money-related really reasons. So. I mean, like, I understand why people could put this on, but I, you know, it just wasn't for me. I don't think it. It was. It was hilarious, and I would listen to it for a laugh. But unfortunately for me, unintentional hilariousness doesn't necessitate multiple listens. Yeah. So, or active listens. Or active listens. Like willful, or should I say, willful listens? Right. If this came on, like, at a club and someone was singing to it, I'd probably laugh. Because I'd yeah. be like, first off, you know the lyrics of this song. Mm-hmm. Second off, lol, you know the lyrics of this song. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's rank these, Josh. <laughs> yeah, let's rank them. How the fuck are we going to rank these? Mine's easy. Yours is easy? Yeah. Okay, uh, why don't you go first, then? Um, I don't know the names. What are the names of the songs? Okay, so first song was God's Plan. Second song was Look Alive. Third song was Pray For Me. Fourth song was Stir Fry. Okay, so Pray For Me is one. Okay. I'm not going to give analysis. I already did that. Yeah, we've already... <laughs> fucked it. Yeah, we've so, already talked about that. One is Pray For Me. Two is God's Plan. Yep. Three is Stir Fry. Uh-huh. But it's really fucking close. <laughs> but three is Sir Fry, and then four is Look Alive. Yeah. Um. You know what? I think I'm pretty much the same. I think one is... Yeah, yeah I think one is Pray For Me, two is God's Plan, three is Stir Fry, four is Look Alive. The only reason why is because, to me, unintentional hilariousness is better in my eyes than complete, unbridled mediocrity. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I literally, My mind literally was, like, on another planet, <laughs> yeah. like, 40 seconds in to look alive. Bro, I couldn't even tell you what the song sounded like, and I listened to it, like, less than an hour ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, all the other songs I could tell you, I could, like, hum them for you, but right. look alive, like, who fucking knows, man? It's gone. Um, yeah. I think that's basically all we need to say. Um, <clears throat> shit. Well, it looks like that's the episode. That's that's it. We we did our thing. We it, did our jobs. And uh, we're we're rolling now on season three. Yeah, season three yeah. is here. Um, thank you all for your continued support, as always. Um, keep dropping those likes and comments. And um, definitely, definitely look forward to more in the future. Um, If you have any questions, concerns, complaints, hit us up. We have a Twitter. We have an Instagram. We have a Facebook page. We have a SoundCloud. Any one of those will do. Just hit us up. It'll be great. We'll probably be sober. Probably. There's a good chance. I'd say like a you know fifty fifty chance on that. We'll wait till we're sober to reply. Well, we're not. or we'll wait till we're drunk to reply. Yeah. Either one. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, whatever you prefer. Um, anyway, I've been Seth. I've been Josh. And y'all have been amazing. Thank you so much for listening Please. to us as always. Clink. And uh, tune in next week for more exciting top forties coverage. In the meantime, get up safe. That was also to us. And uh, see, you, see you real soon. Peace. Peace. Love you.